0: Well, I know that there is problems, because as we were doing our intro, not that this is the sec- the restart of the, this show, because there was problems at the beginning of it, but let's say hypothetically it was. I was, when I was giving the intro to that, I was like, I'm saying all this stuff wrong, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have said that, okay, whatever. But it looks like God erased the first part of our show through microphone technology, <laughs> and then we're starting fresh. Welcome, everybody, to the panel question show. It's been quite a long time, but we're back because we care about what you have to say, and I am joined by a dream team of friends. (laughs) My name is Curtis (laughs) Johns and I'll be your so much for coming.
1: So nice, Curtis.
0: And finally, we have Chelsea Odner, writer for Swedenborg Life Show. Thank you so much for hanging out.
2: Yes, so glad to be here. So
0: excited to just get to talk through these ideas with all of you and see what comes out and really talk through them with all of you uh, out on the TV there, too. So if you want to be a part of it, just write your questions, get them into the chat right now and assuming we find out we aren't still missing our audio, we're going <laughs> to uh, dig into them starting now. So, oh, oh, uh yeah, I was gonna say like and subscribe. I almost forgot it. And I'm like, do you still have to like <laughs> it if we've already had a major error? But yes, you do. I mean it's for YouTube. You've got to. Okay, let's get serious here. What's the first question? Ashley Sherman asks, Everyone born to this planet is here for a purpose through God. If we are giving free will, if we are given free will, how does God know we're gonna make the decisions that lead to the purpose that He put us here for? Isn't that dangerous? If there's one, if there's one sort of th- condition we're supposed to fulfill mm. and God gives us the steering wheel, aren't we in trouble? <coughs> Sorry, I was going to pick somebody but I had to cough. <laughs> okay, it's, it's um, getting to be winter here in the northeast of the United States and it's <laughs> taking its toll on all of us. September okay, so up. I was going to say, what's the answer to that question, it it? Uh, Jonathan Rose? Because you and I had okay. a question similar to this on a, a previous show. We a question show. similarly
1: and there I revealed a rather heretical opinion of mine. That I'm Mm. not actually certain that that it's true that we have just one purpose and that that you could miss that or blow it. Uh, I've had the feeling sometimes in my life like I was seeking whatever God's highest will was for me, and then I felt like God was saying to me, Well, I want to know what you're interested in. (coughs) And I would say, Well, I just want your highest will. And he'd say, Oh, well, what do you think is fun? You know what? uh," (laughs) (laughs) He wants to have a real relationship. And I need to be part of it. And another thing um, is that I I feel like in a way, there's yes, we have a nature, and there's sort of six options actually Mm. that we have. It's weirdly complicated, but there's kind of three hell options and three heaven options Mm -hmm. kind of that each of us has. It's nice to have options. And so our free will puts us in, and so we get a comfort level sort of choice about where do we want to be, Of those six kind of thing, but there's a lot of, a lot. I think there's more free will, and another aspect of it is that I think, uh, at least according to some things that Swedenborg says, God is in the future as well as in the present. Doesn't take away our freedom, but sort of knows what we're going to choose. So is working with that. You know, so it's it's partly what we what we want, what we choose.
0: It's getting into some like Back to the Future. Kind yes, of stuff there that's right excellent car do you have any further ruminations on oh, that?
3: oh i have some shadowy thoughts that's
0: what i'm talking about
3: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um it just occurs to me that um i guess uh, the lord sort of creates each of us as this package of of love some things that we love and but how that plays out um i, I it's in within the whole purview of providence, I'm sure but you know how we discover how how do we discover what we love and how that affects other people um i don't know it just feels like there's sort of like a choose your own ending kind of thing even though uh there's a there's a limited pool about what the choices could be or something like that Uh, yeah
1: yeah i I think like
2: i said shadowy
1: good no that's good i thought it was very clear
2: i think like um there's just been something i've been reading about where um The Lord works through our affections all the time, you know, in leading us, is always leading us in what we love. And I really wonder if, um, like, that there's some, it's a quote in Arcana Celestia somewhere where Swedenborg lays out that (coughs) the Lord flows into us with his life into the very part of us that makes it seem as though it's us like Mm -hmm. that we are of ourselves so like there's this always this essential thing that the lord's life is always flowing into us but it can't help but make it seem as if we have life all of ourselves and so there's something to the way that the lord is leading us through what we love that always makes it seem like we're the ones having the fun of the life thing and and yet there's such a care in that you know like you can't move outside of the lord's Mm -hmm. flow Right. You yeah. know, but it's right. definitely something strange to contemplate because does that mean we really have free will? But because love is such a sense of this is me, I'm doing this because I love it. Mm-hmm. But that's the Lord giving you that feeling. So you get both. Yeah, so right. Now. And it also, mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think matters what kind of goals are we thinking, what category of goals are we thinking about? I also kind of subscribe to the idea that it's not that you have a purpose, which your purpose is to... Um, make a certain album at this point in life yeah. that gets released like a, a you know a sort of a tangible external goal i think the goals will be more along the lines of you learn how to recognize what good and evil are and open up to love in a certain way these will be sort of spiritual growth goals rather than uh time and space goals Some yeah something. there is a swedenborg quote where he seems to indicate that God knows what he wants to get out of our life, but the order is not particularly important. Ah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like he's got a bucket list for us, but it's not like this has to follow this. So there is some of that latitude perhaps that mm-hmm. you're talking about, Jonathan.
1: He can take advantage of if this or, or that happens to us or we meet this friend who influences us or something. Okay, let's go with that. You know, We'll yeah. put that in now. And
0: yeah. In the end, it's, it's not that we bear responsibility for the important things coming to us, but yet we also do bear responsibility for making these important choices about whether we love goodness or not. I mean, it seems like it's, it's not where we go. It's, it's not where we go horizontally. Mm. It's where, how if we go vertically or not. It's, it's mm. sort of the choice that we have.
1: Mm-hmm. And can I say one more thing that's occurring yeah. to me is that in some ways... Um, the idea that you have a specific purpose could be hard if you feel like I missed it. I mean, I've felt that a lot in my life. Like there was something I was supposed to do, and I missed the boat somewhere along yeah. the line, I made the wrong choice or something like that. Um, but I also think it's hard if it's a little more up to me. That that's also hard too, because mm-hmm. trying to figure out what I love and what do I want to do. It's like I just want to be told. You know, mm-hmm. just tell me yeah. what it yeah. is, reveal yeah. it to just me. I'll just let try me my best. Some directions. Yeah, right. That that's. They're both kind of tough, uh, but mm-hmm. I think the free will, he's big on this free will thing. I think yeah. the Lord is.
3: And I think the overall thing is how do you affect, what's your effect on other people? Do you right. have a good effect on other people? Do you have a bad effect on other people? Like that's...
0: That's what you're going for.
3: That's, yeah, that's the purpose.
0: Yeah. Yes, right, right. <laughs> right. So there's a general, uh, not, not an event It's more purpose. general, yes. Yeah.
1: It's not that you were supposed to be at this right. restaurant uh, right. you know, on Wednesday or something, it's right. Uh, right
0: also there's the very heart of Providence is that we should end up in some particular place in heaven, so i don 't know how you square th- that God has not just oh, he wants you to go to heaven, but he wants you to go right there and be this thing i don 't know how you square that with free will. I think I think you're right that it's something about okay, just which level do you go to, but you 've got your column in each level i don't know I feel like we've we've talked <laughs>
2: right do we know the answer yeah. for talking, sure
1: talking occurred I mean I, I definitely yeah.
2: i'll just throw in before we move on, but just that. I've got the sense of, like, so this, I don't know, the way the question is worded, I don't know if this definitely gets at it or not. But, like, as I do things and continue to just, like, live my life, I'm always amazed that, like, what I thought I wanted, you know, two years ago or something is so different than oh. where I am mm. now. And, like, but thank goodness the Lord know is has been leading me because I wouldn't know you know if it was up to me actually i wouldn't know what would really feed me in a deep way like i feel like the lord knows me better than i do in terms of what will really bring me joy and so you know i get the experience by making all these choices the whole way through but thank goodness it's not actually up to me or something i don't know yeah totally Um,
0: yeah yeah that's really true (laughs) yeah and the less i have to do with it the better it feels like all right let's take the next one this is from king lear he asks How do Swedenborgians answer fundamentalist very restricted readings of the most exclusivist readings of the New Testament? None shall come to the Father, but through me, etc. Because Jesus is this interesting mix of very open, ecumenical-sounding statements and very uh, targeted, specific prescriptions for spiritual life. Mm -hmm. So is there any way to rectify these? Does Swedenborg have any commentary on it? Dr. Jonathan Rose? <laughs> I mean,
1: uh, there's a wonderful thing that Swedenborg says in his book, um, Divine Providence, uh, where he addresses this exact... Que- he sort of anticipates that people will have this question mm. uh, because he's talking about how people from all religions can go to heaven. And so he's anticipating that people will say, what, what about the you have to go through Jesus thing? The way he describes it, the Jesus coming to this world sort of added this kind of human outer layer, if you will, to God. I mean, who knows how I'm doing with the deepest concepts ever. Yes, we <laughs> were. But um, uh, that thing was an upgrade that applies to everyone, uh, whatever religion you are. Yeah. So it's not about whether you know the, the name of Jesus. Name actually means the quality. If you're, con- if you're in touch with a quality of compassion and truth, then you are in touch with the name of Jesus and uh, and you don't go to the Father, which means the divine love, except through Jesus, because that's who God is. It doesn't matter what you call him, Allah or whatever. Yeah. That's who you're going through. That's who everybody's worshipping, whether they call, you know, use that name or not. I, yeah. I don't know how that sits with mm-hmm. people, but, but uh, I thought that was a very interesting explanation yeah. of how you both get sort of the all religions can make it and that that's still true, what it says in the, in the New yeah.
2: Testament. Josie? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, I guess one other thought along those lines is um, in terms of, <coughs> you know, Swedenborg's whole thing is this um, inner meaning to the literal text of the Bible, and he says when angels read the word, the literal meaning just essentially dissolves. I mean, it's just not even there. No remnant of it stand, like remains, and they just are connected to the to the essence, to the message of what's coming through it. Um, and so, <coughs> so it's us, when we read it in a very sort of materialistic way, that we can get really caught up in the crosshairs of just like, the thicket of yeah. confusing things that make it seem like, well, Father, so that means God is only this male being and, you know, and just there's so many things that we can get um, confused about. And so, uh, so that in itself just means, okay, Take a minute and, uh, you know, get a little distance from the literal sense that might be really confusing my like black and white mind or something, and then try to get at what what is the overall message that's coming through this.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about it? No. Okay, great. Because I've got I've <laughs> just got one, um, which is that Swedenborg does have this this fascinating juxtaposition of very ecumenical paths to heaven and then and but but there's very specific requirements to get into heaven but it has to do with the nature of each because yeah you can be of any religion and get to heaven you can be of any life experience and get to heaven but you can't get to heaven without renouncing the love of dominion over people yeah Mm. and you can't get to heaven without considering wanting to be everyone else to be even happier than you are there are these mm. very strict requirements mm. in some sense but as soon as you hear the nature of their requirements like oh you can't want to lord over other people of course of course you can't have that so it's all when you think of in the external sense you have jesus saying no one can get to the father except through me and yeah you say okay so the father is another person and there's jesus which is one person so it's a very restricted path but if jesus is a to put it a very a simplified way is jesus is a certain kind of love you have to have that love to get to the experience of bliss and, and peace that's in heaven, then it seems like, of course. So that's where the specificity happening in the New Testament is true. But w- the reason we, the fundamentalists would be misreading it according to Swedenborg is they don't know what Jesus is and they don't know what the Father is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, well then, the, you're very close, <laughs> and that's no offense. Um, okay, oh anybody else?
2: Yeah, Yeah. Just I was listening, just hearing this interview today with um, Richard Thompson on the WXPN, so musician and stuff, and he yeah. um, had this song where he references Micah, and I was really interested in this, um, and, uh, and talks about the bones and the flesh of Gilead and stuff, and the interviewer was saying, like, isn't that a little bit like a dark, you know, um, you know end time sort of ju- just all the prophets are just sort of like you'd better or else you know mm-hmm. just like hammering away in this super intense way and really like threatening language but he was able to just say no like and clearly in his song too it's it's this like promise of healing and mm. i was just i was like yes that's awesome because mm. i think that is like people c- want to get as far as they can from the bible because it seems so ugly and mean and angry but when you really get into it especially from a place that's centered on like this is divine love wanting to just get to you you know through Mm -hmm. every means possible just like really wanting to free you from those the loves that would you know uh, just further dissociate you from having you know wonderful relationships then it just becomes this like great somebody's rescuing me from this situation Mm -hmm. and you know so it just it makes the Bible seem a whole lot more warm and fuzzy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I I notice when I go into the Bible, we have such a high tolerance for disturbing imagery and that kind of thing. Because I know yes. the listen, I know the brand, I know the director <laughs> yeah. behind this. It's not really what, no, it's fine. It doesn't really mean <laughs> that. It's so just stuff that, that's why, I mean, that's part of what we wanted to start the show for, is yeah. that that when I read Swedenborg's writings and and through my understanding of them the Bible all I just see is like love 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 yes. this is so great <laughs> but I can tell oh if I didn't have this yeah. this particular interpretation <laughs> just, like, so that I would see, that muscle I would yeah. say like oh yeah you know, so that that keeps okay. us in business all right <laughs> let's go to the next one thanks King Lear this is Matt Klein our good friend Matt Klein says interaction between heaven and hell are required for equilibrium but why does God allow some to be so open to overwhelming voices mm. and influences from hell, mm. uh, like schizophrenics pushed to suicide? Mm. So it doesn't seem like, in every case, there's an equilibrium.
3: That's right.
0: Swedenborg talked mm. about the essential nature of equilibrium, um, but how come some people get the, the raw deal that they get?
3: I really don't know. Yeah, that's a big question.
2: I will say, I mean... I don't know if this is sort of an opening to this but like I I'm very aware that like uh, just, just like Swedenborg says we have connection to, to all of heaven and all of hell you know like we all are these little microcosms of the whole thing so I definitely don't I like I just in the way that Swedenborg talks about how the lord is protecting all of us from hell of such an extreme all the time, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess all I'm trying to say is, like, it's not sort of an us and them, inter- oh, too bad for those people, because I just feel like I am so vulnerable, you know, or something, mm-hmm. like, it, It even even just thinking, like, I try to be, I can try to be a good person, but I'm so aware of this instinct or this inclination to just, like, really be a horrible person sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, that's just right there, and I feel grateful that I have tools and a muscle and a, like, a discernment mechanism mm-hmm. going on in my head that mm-hmm. is able to say, thank goodness I just don't have to choose that, you know, but if I was just overwhelmed by that impulse, that could be I could be causing so much, so many horrible things yeah. <laughs> to be yeah. happening in the world. <laughs> <So> <laughs> 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 well,
0: we may see it as, as the hour wears <laughs> on here.
1: <laughs> I've I got an interesting thought um, in response to that that um, it, it's a really hard one. I, I think of... Um, Wilson Van Dusen's book about the presence of other worlds. I think that talks about the presence of spirits in madness, mm-hmm. and he and he talks to people who have all these dark voices with them, but they those people do now and then have a good voice, you know. They it it's not an equilibrium. It's not like 50 50 or something, you know. It, it's heavily weighted on one side, but there still is an answering side. They they will have more than one kind of voice. Um, that doesn't help much at all. But um, the other thought that I had was in a certain way. Um, if you heard voices as something outside of yourself, in some ways, it might be helpful because it seems more corrosive when you think it's your own thoughts and that you want that and you mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. if you really re- Oh, this is this is just a voice, you know, and the work that we've talked about before that Jerry Marzinski has done with, with people like this, it really does seem like he's a- able to bring them to a, a point of choice about w- what they what they do with that. I'm not saying yeah. it's not a horrendous situation. It's a really, really uh, tough question, but um, uh, maybe something being outside. I've even heard with people who are medicated that the voices sort of turn inside their head, and then when they get off the medication, they turn out and become more externalized. And, you know, even where they hear them in their in their head and that kind of thing. Uh, and so I don't know if that helps in a way to differentiate b- differentiate between yourself right. and that thing. You're more, f- in some ways, vulnerable if you think it's just, no, I'm thinking this, so I really want this. Yeah. So, you know, this is what I want, this is what I love. Yeah.
0: Right, so possible sort of silver linings or, or some kind of spiritual function, even within these horrific situations.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, Swedenborg talks about how we all have this part of our soul that's in an inviolable uh, connection to the Lord and that I just hope that that is you know remains intact somehow even when the outside what we're seeing and what the person is experiencing you know to all appearances is horrific I'm hoping there's something (laughs) something in there that is just held sacred Mm -hmm. um Above the fray, as it were. Yeah.
1: And, and if, um, I mean, the fact that you get these wonderful New Testament miracles where people, and Mary Magdalene had seven devils, and and uh, and then she's just like so happy and weeping to be rid of all that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, you can, those who are forgiven much or love much. Uh, and if some of it's just literally from the body, if just from brain chemistry, yeah. from stuff like that, at least it's not much hope, but at least when you reach the end of your physical life, some of that may just fall away. It's just like, whoa! Oh, I don't know where I was or what right. was going on. Yeah. You know, and somehow the Lord's got you covered. I, I don't know, but that's yeah. a hard one.
0: I would say, um, first of all, I don't want to s- act like, oh, I'm going gonna to justify the way that life is yeah. because I'm as frustrated by how life yeah. is as, as the rest yes. of us.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. That's that said, right. hear, hear.
0: you know, I've got a job to host this show, so this is what I'm going to say because. That even though the experience can be really frustrating, and for some people it's horrific, uh, there's two points I wanted to make about this. First of all, the the equilibrium, I believe the the function of the equilibrium is not necessarily to provide um, comfort of experience. Uh, Its primary function is that we can choose heaven or hell somehow, and ultimately we're given the option to choose heaven. And that may even be, by, by really complicating physical factors, can be delayed. Swedenborg talks about people who are in states of mental illness not being able to make those choices, but somehow they're still living and it's set up so that they can make them afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, so that ev- there is a promise in, in Swedenborg's writings that everybody is getting the chance to... The function of the equilibrium is happening for everyone. That you can dissociate from the hell that we're kind of naturally gravitating towards from birth. And get into heaven, but then on the other side is just the question of why human suffering? Why doesn't everyone get a fair right. shake? I think about the concept of human rights, and uh, you know, earthly human rights, and that this people only really realized there was such a thing relatively recently. And we have a sense that everybody should be given, you know, in America they say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Generally, there's, I'm sure, there's lists of this is everyone should have access to water and safety and these sorts of things, and because of the large scale imbalances all around the world of all kinds, not everybody has access to that stuff. Not everybody's given the rights they're supposed to. This would, I would assume, things like the schizophrenic who is so beset by the voices that they can, can't really, they're deceived into taking their own life or, or you have to put up with decades of this stuff, that's a, a symptom of this, a diseased spiritual world where we have to go through these things that you wouldn't go through in an ideal state. So, because the only way I can understand a complex spiritual thing like that is to look at the complex physical thing and say, you know, mm-hmm. why, why does a, a, some person in a village somewhere get overrun by these warlords? Well, for the answer to that, you could look back to the warlords or you look back to the history of the last hundred years or you look to the economic. There's so many factors playing into this unfair situation where this good person with a good family becomes a victim of a larger conflict. So. I would yeah, think I guess, it's like that, too. I guess
2: it is that it's like the schizophrenia definitely just seems like it gets at that inner that inner experience, like things yeah. that affect your sense of yourself mm-hmm. and seems like, you know, uh, it's, those wor- it's a worldly thing, and yet it seems like it's crossing this line of like it's challenging the idea of, oh, are these spiritual forces really at play in a, in a fair way, you yeah. know, yeah. ultimately. Um, and I, But it's true that if you think about it in terms of, Health. There's people who just get struck with so many, um, you know, health problems that just, you know, beset them for the rest of their lives, and um, and that even and affect their minds, even if it's not extreme or ends in as traumatic as a way as like suicide from schizophrenia does. Um, and, uh, but, I wonder. I'm always amazed reading people who wa- or reading comments from people who watch our show. They really seemed helped. Seem helped by these ideas. Like when i get overwhelmed by like oh the way the world is i think hell i think hell loves for us to get really upset about things in the world that make us feel like we don't have anything we can we do can't about it you know yeah. like they right. love that <laughs> like great right. feel more worse about that and so i always like to bring it back to well what would be a specific experience of like when's the next time i might cross paths with somebody suffering in this way you know or Go talk to the people who work in mental health clinics like the people I know who watch Mm -hmm. our show who really feel like Wow, this helped me when I was doing my rounds in the ward tonight Mm -hmm. I got to really help this person who Mm -hmm. was dealing with their voices or what you know Like there are real when you look down at the like the specifics Mm -hmm. There's people who are really helping other people who are suffering with this But there's the Lord right there, you know, Mm -hmm. even even in the craziness of like who's me and who's not me and you know I just want to get out of here or something you know, It's like Mr. Rogers saying, look for the helpers or
1: whatever,
3: yeah. but anyway. Mm. Yeah, and I
1: think the um, the point of choice uh, like there's a difference between having a choice about what you're going through and a lot of people a lot of the time don't have much choice about what they're going through. You know, you could choose, hopefully, to think about this as opposed to that or hold it this way or that way or something, but I tend to think that a lot of what we're going through is to find out how do you feel about it. It's not like you know, like you can hate something, and that's still advancing your sp- spiritual life, because you're hating that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if mm-hmm. you hate, have you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that's still your heart is choosing something about. Like I hate hearing those voices, or I hate that thing from mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's gonna mm-hmm. help you after death. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing to hate. That you know, right. I, maybe hate's too yeah. strong a word, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. you yeah. you're sort of voting with your heart all the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. That's good. A lot of good thoughts on that one. Let's, uh, let's go to our next question here. Take a break. To okay. We got, hey, we have technical difficulties. Maybe you're already aware of them if you're hanging out at home <laughs> and something's going wrong. <laughs> News to us, but we'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> There's a code in the broadcast industry that no matter what goes wrong, we don't tell the audience what it was that went wrong. So while we, to you, you may tune back in and say everything looks exactly the same as it did before there's actually a change we had to make but what we didn't change <laughs> is our enthusiasm to look at more swedenborg related questions yes That's right. so let's get on it what's the next one thanks for sticking with us even through that break for as a reward we'll do a good job have. on this next one yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't look at our, <laughs> we'll our account matt, no this is the same one so we're, so we're going go oh, to go yeah. to the. but thank you matt klein that for that, that. A great yes. question crystal light seven asks if we are all at different spaces in our journeys in the afterlife How do we live with family or loved ones if they are in a very different space in their journey? Mm -hmm. If somebody gets a 25-year jump on you, are you ever going to catch up with them? I'm really asking. Mm. (laughs) What do you you think, Well, you
3: know, the first thing I've got to say is that we are so addicted to thinking in terms of time and space down here. And uh, that just ain't the way it is up there, they say. And so I think it's one of those things that we can't wrap our minds around. Um, If if the present and the future are all happening at once, then woohoo, (laughs) everything's possible. I don't know. Right?
2: Yeah, and I think Swedenborg does. It's it's one of those things where I feel like depending on where you're reading, he talks about it a little differently. Where in some places he describes um, communities in heaven. um, You know, everybody being at different levels and then being entirely distinct and then he sometimes describes like communities where you have in the middle the sort of more Mm -hmm. love-centered ones and outside of that like as if you have this sort of mix of different qualities of people that all live together in a community I mean for one like he says your your family you might it might not be your grandfather, but that guy is like the grandfather or something, you know, or like your relationships yeah. to people's commu- to. So there are within your community, there might be people who are further along than you as far as like afterlife journeys go, but they're still right down the road, you know, or yeah. something, I think. Yeah.
1: and It, it makes me think of, of Swedenborg's story where he talks about um, visiting heaven. He goes up for a wedding and he describes what's going on there. And in the morning, I love their schedule that they have. It's a really awesome <laughs> schedule. You know, it's like better than France or something. You know, <laughs> It's like <laughs> they work in the mornings. And so everybody disappears inside their house in the morning. There's like zero interaction. You know, they all, they all go in. You don't see anybody out on the street all morning. And then in the afternoon, they all hang out and they're social with each other. And then the evening, you hang out with your people at home, your loved ones and your, and your immediate family. Well, I can imagine a situation where, during the, you know, lots of people have this experience in this world where, you know, you live with somebody, but you go off to two different jobs during the day or something. Mm-hmm. And then you come back. And I can imagine the spiritual world, it would be like, oh, well, you have this love of this particular thing. And so you're with those people while you're doing that work in your mornings. And then in the evening, you're sharing this love of, you know... A, a different sort of, you know, like you're just the the bond of the love that you have is where you go home to in, in the evening or something and yeah. you're hanging out with ones you love. And so I think that it could be that you could, just as we do in this world, you could be doing both kind of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I originally, I think misread this question of really being about temporal separation that, that somebody's already got there. And they're ahead of you, so they're more advanced than you. How do you get... I don't oh. think that's quite what it's really saying, but I'm going to answer it as if it was saying that. <laughs> Good. Um, because I like to stick to my guns here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am inhabiting the same, or was, you know, I, I eventually moved out, but it, I'm inhabiting the same space as my parents for quite a long time. And they were much more advanced than I was. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 I was a little baby, didn't know how to do anything, and they were already this far along. But we, I really loved living with them you know we really got got along well and even though we there were certain areas in which I remember once hanging out with my dad and he was like working on some project that he was going to take into work and i remember and i don't know if you're watching dad but uh there was like he was he's an engineer so he was doing some kind of d- d- design drawings or something and i remember thinking like okay i'm just going to draw something that i think would be a good automotive connector and maybe it'll be the right thing that like he really likes yeah. this and uses it as work well. so i was that little the point is even though our brains were so different and, and mine could never comprehend those levels we got along well we bonded you know and and we're able to, to, to cohabit well. So I think that even if somebody is further along spiritually, similarly, you could still have quite a close relationship. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, you ha- let's say, oh, so my daughter is two. And right now she's almost three. And so like a one and a half year old is way different than her. It's just like almost another category. Mm-hmm. But five years from now, they're gonna be almost the same age functionally. Mm-hmm. And 45 years from now, you, you'd never know. So I think there could be people, even if they are farther along than us, a- as we continue to go down the road, the difference gets so slight compared to the similarities. Mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's my answer to a question nobody asked.
1: Great. <laughs> Good.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Jocelyn Darling asks, What's a good test you can do on yourself mm. to see if you're on the path to heaven oh. or not?
2: Oh, good says some of those things. Yeah, he, oh,
3: does. he does suggest he does. a few. He does. Yeah, he says, um, see what you're thinking about when you're all by yourself and nobody's listening? Yeah. Isn't that one yeah. of the things? Yeah. One right. of those tests?
1: Sorry, I might have pointed.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? What are No, that's things?
0: that's good. So wait, explain that a little further to, to people.
3: Um. I guess just the the thought is uh, when there's no uh, concern for how other people are reading you or what other people are thinking of you, what is really going on in your heart and mind? You know, because that would be an indication of what you really care about if there's nothing. But but Curtis wouldn't like it if he knew that I was thinking about like that kind of thing. If there's none of that, Mm -hmm. then what is bubbling up inside you might be an indication of what what you really care about
1: awesome right and if you find that what you're thinking about as you said um is like there's an example he gives of a person who is feeling very distressed after getting the other world and realize they don't have anything and then angels come and help him and then they leave and then he's by himself and he's thinking i've got nothing but i wish i could do something for those people they were so awesome Mm. well that he was by himself It, it wasn't Mm. under any sort of social obligation I suppose I should act happy now you know or something it was really just welling up from his heart and that was an indication that Swedenborg makes it sound like that was huge you know mm. like like the fact that he had this gratitude in his okay. heart uh, really meant he was in a great place yeah mm-hmm. Tell I
2: don't know I mean I guess um, I just am thinking in terms of like if you're on the path to heaven or not, I don't know. Swedenborg talks about how you just need to, if you're, if you're just looking at your, um, y- your life, and you know, he says if you're just, if you're looking to the Lord, and if you're just trying to turn away from an evil once or twice a year, you know, yeah, that's enough right. that you're that you're on the path to heaven. So, like, if you've ever had a moment of reflection where you thought, should I? say this mean thing or would that be mean and I think instead I'll do this then you know that that's a very good sign Um, yeah and I guess so
1: and even there's a passage there where Swedenborg in his spiritual um, diary or spiritual experiences says that um, his experience of being on the path was that he couldn't believe he he talks it's a weird little thing he talks about how in the Old Testament you needed the it sounds horrible but the ashes of a burnt red heifer is what you needed to be cleansed with because these ashes were unclean and you needed something unclean to cleanse you if you got unclean because you touched a dead body or something like that. It was the ashes of the red heifer that would cleanse you and purify you. And he makes this comment that um, this is how uh, it helped him a lot because he was seeing so much junk I use the word junk. I don't know what he'd call it, but uh, <laughs> that came up in his spirit. Just so much yes. evil and lousy thoughts, and he just couldn't believe it. But he finally realized, oh, this is a purification. Yeah. So if you're aware of it, you're at a higher level than it. Yeah. And so he says almost something like, the the more you think you're not on that path, the more you're probably on that path. Mm -hmm. It's actually one of these upside down You're aware that that there is a path. Yes. uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you're aware that there's a lot of bad stuff in your lower self, you're doing great because Mm -hmm. uh, that's the ashes of the red heifer that are purifying you. Yeah.
0: There's a required stop between where we are now and heaven is the feeling of despair that you will never get to heaven. Yes. That we can only do regeneration through... Spiritual temptations or spiritual trials, and he says that those go in cycles, where the end of them is feeling like I, I, this is never going to work. I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to do this. So, yeah, if if you're if you're if you're asking that question, you're probably in a good spot. Yeah. But but yeah. It's, so that's like to alleviate if people are feeling like the task is too much, or that I'm feeling guilty or something. But on the other side, if you're all gung ho about how do I really love to do this, how do I take the next step? I would say a good um, gauge is. It's the ruling love is what's going to pull us away or towards heaven. So I was just reading about something about the ruling love yesterday, which said the ruling love is what animates everything we do. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if self is the most exciting thing to me, if it's Curtis's reputation and things that benefit him, it, I can just try to notice, like, as soon as something is not Curtis centric, does it really drop off in excitement for me? And as soon as it gets, as soon as it benefits me, am I really much more interested in it? That could be a little gauge of how much am I really hung up on myself right now? Or, or what is it? Maybe it's not self. Maybe it's worldly pleasure, but maybe then again, it's doing the right thing. Just notice like that's, that can be an indicator. Where's your energy? What energizes yeah. you? And not all the time you have to have lower stuff, but oh, in the big picture, if you were to write the, uh, like a book summary of, of yourself,
1: what's really, what's really pumping me up? Uh, what really gets me going in the yeah. morning? Right, and I think we face dilemmas sometimes, not all the time, but now and then you'll get a a, a a dilemma, you know, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big, uh where you love, you know, whatever it is. You love money, you love food or whatever it is, and then you also love your neighbor, you love God or something, and push has come to shove and you've got to kind of choose you know and so seeing what you choose in those situations yeah. can be helpful too to figure out oh i get you know there was one time when i noticed that something was more important to me than food that was just astonishing <laughs> i couldn't believe it yeah kind of
2: food. <laughs> and i think the and and at the same the time it's that whole like don't despair if you do notice if you realize oh i keep choosing myself because that awareness is itself
1: Right. heaven drawing you forward you, you know because then and then you just you get don't. a
2: really you get to feel great when you finally have that moment when you're like wow i didn't choose the total you know self-sabotaging <laughs> hateful thing that i yeah. usually do or whatever um no i'm, I'm excited
0: nice. if, I, if i if like five percent of the time i'm doing something i'm motivated by something that feels good yes like it, it's not something that i experience consistently and it's not that we're trying to eliminate the love of self it just trying to go oh, below yeah. a couple of other things yeah. you never get rid yeah. of it and, and I
2: kind of feel like if you're running out of things <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> or like really if some sometimes I get that feeling of like wow I feel pretty good about myself what am I not paying attention to <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> or like what am I sort of ignoring but I do think you know that's what the Ten Commandments are always there for like they're, they're just a great backdrop for like how, you know let me just think about these things and sometimes I realize wow I hadn't really thought about how that thing that way is coveting in a way that I hadn't thought about before or something, mm. you know, like there's just, or there's this or something. There's always, and
1: yeah. I'm, I'm picturing the ocean right now where just a given way, the, the waves go up, the waves go down. You, you can't really quite tell, is the tide coming in? Is the tide going out? It's just always mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, up and down. But something that, you know, like scientists measure over a long period of time is, is the ocean up a couple of inches from what it was? If we can look at our own lives and see, nice. am I slightly good better point. than I was like five years ago? Or, yeah, or ten years or, ago. Or yeah. Or, or, or yeah, when I was younger or something, am I getting somewhat less self-centered? You know, that's a good indication that you're on, a, on it because it's a long game. Yeah, It's a long, right. long yeah, game. Yeah, not just thinking about like not, last week like, versus this oh, week or this something. This morning I was yeah. in a good mood and now I'm s- yeah. snapping and biting people's heads off or something. Like that. Yeah. That's, that's just one little wave, you know. But
2: that's a good point. Yeah.
0: And I guess technically nobody's on the path to heaven, because God God pulls us towards heaven, sort of against our own will in a lot of ways. Mm. That, that that part of what Swedenborg's whole journey is, and we have this whole show based around what he wrote. Oh, he's so enlightened, but he had to get to a point where he he's very strongly feeling like no, of myself, I would I would just be totally indulging in everything of myself. I'm nothing but evil and falsity, going on and on. Um, but yet. He was obviously tapping into something and, and he said that for him it was liberating to feel like no, everything, the acknowledgement that everything good is coming from the Lord and, and the relief. I don't have to worry, what's, is what's coming from myself right now good? No, of course not. No, That's the definition. It's not yeah. even really from self. It's from hell. It's masquerading itself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay, there's a bunch of tests. I don't know if any of them are good. <laughs> yep. Good. There you go. Thanks, Jocelyn. Let's do, let's, do, yes. let's do the next one. The answer is yes. I am Wee Joni asks, how does Swedenborg view enlightenment? Well, there Ooh. you
2: go. I mean, I think what you were just saying kind of gets at it in terms of that ability to think, to reflect on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that really is like the Lord coming with light is being able to see from that higher self at, and look, observe the great the, the hell acting as yeah. of yourself or something in you.
1: Yeah, and I love that show we did recently with the microscope about how to tell, you know, like what, what spiritual truth is and stuff. Because there's something about that mechanism of being. You know, Swedenborg talks about whether the truth that you have is genuine or not. It is not that it's a big slam if you don't. It's just it's just like do you have adequate light to see under the microscope or something, you know? Because enlightenment is a function. It's a truth-oriented kind of thing, you know, how much Mm -hmm. light you're getting from the concepts you have. And we're constantly trying to refine and get better ideas so that you get more light. And it's very much a function, isn't it? Where Swedenborg talks a lot about how we have a will and an intellect and our intellect, even if our will is not in a good place, our intellect can be lifted Mm -hmm. into the light of heaven sometimes. you know. Like, so you can be at one moment in a high, high state where you, or sometimes he says almost into the light of heaven Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing that you can be way up there with your mind, just contemplating these beautiful things. And then it's sort of like, you know, somebody misspelled your name in the local paper. And then you're in a fury and a rage and calling the editor (laughs) (laughs) or something. You you made the local paper (laughs) (laughs) crash. You're back down to yourself, your own level.
0: Yeah, um, there were two broad categories that popped to mind of enlightenment is it does seem to be the idea that heaven and hell are flowing into the mind. It seems like a huge part of the enlightenment that Swedenborg had and, and talks about. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is being able to tell what's good and what's evil and what's false and what's mm-hmm. true. That, that hell, he says, when, when evil is felt as good, that's hell. That mm. hell is not being able to tell that this, something is wrong. Mm, so the more yeah. that we can tell that's objectively bad to do to people, that would be a category, I think, of enlightenment.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. Any any final thoughts on that for I Am We Johnny? Thank you so much for the question. Yes, that's right. real good. And of course, that's, that's us taking... He doesn't... Oh, he does use uh, Latin proxy for enlightenment. Right? I was going to say that's like yes, a Buddhist does. term that we're... Great. Illustratio. Illustratio. Yes, Illustratio. Illustratio. There you go.
1: <laughs> I'm walking here.
0: Okay, let's see what the next one is. Immortal Blue asks when dark spirits causing pain are haunting a person, and that person calls on his guardian angels, what exactly happens to the dark spirits mm-hmm. as the guardian angel approaches but is not quite there yet? <laughs>
3: oh, wow.
0: So this is not something that I've ever witnessed. But Swedenborg does seem to describe similar things to that happening in a lot of situations, scenes that play out in the spiritual world. Does anybody have any recollection of a relevant uh, mechanic or or story?
2: I hmm. just I loved um, what uh, Conrad Leslie shared about in our show on um, what did we end up calling that? Something after angels, terrorism. After, terrorism. angels after terrorism. Yes, angels yeah. after terrorism. Um, about his son and this feeling of being able to call on his son for help to like take care of it. And there, there wasn't even time between him calling and his son being Mm. there to be like, I've got it, you know? And then he would Mm. let go of that, of that concern and knew that his son as an angel was taking care of, you know, protecting him or whatever, getting rid of the the bad thoughts. So um, I was just so, I found that so powerful and so moving. And I've just like thought of that in my own life and it's been really. That was a great story. Mm. So,
0: so no, there's not maybe not even a not quite there yet that it, yeah. it happened
2: so fast. And, and he felt immediately free yeah. of it too. But so that's just one example. Awesome.
1: I've just thought of a of, of a teaching that Swedenborg says that um, that really stuns me. I, I I almost have difficulty believing it. It's such, such a stunning sort of statement because I often think about when you're going through that suffering oh, it's all about me and I'm, I'm suffering and these spirits are saying, wah, 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 and the angels are saying, no, they're good things. And uh, But Swedenborg says that that process is also very much about those angels and those evil spirits. Hmm. And the evil spirits, under certain circumstances, if we get to the point where we get clarity that we no longer want that thing that the dark spirits are offering – and we reject that evil, or we even loathe it, kind of thing, you know. And I think it can happen under other circumstances too, where you're praying for the evil spirits, or sending them love, or things like this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think those spirits have been in the world of spirits, and I think they—that's the moment of their choice, and they actually go mm. down to hell at that. Like that's the moment that they get processed, and so if they're waiting on the edge. I think they're making their final decision. Are you really about attacking this at any cost? Like this is what you love, right? You love attacking anybody who's got the Lord in them. That's what you're really all about. And so if there's a hesitation there, it's like before the Lord casts the evil spirits into the swine, you know, and there's sort of a parley vu going on or something, you know, the Lord is interacting with the spirits. So I don't know. That's a wild sort of answer, mm-hmm. but that's what mm-hmm. I oh, that's it. good. Oh, It's good. It's a, it's a sweet origin type answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It Gar- to
3: the dark yeah. spirits. I don't yeah. know. I just the, the image that comes to mind is magnetism. You know, when you turn magnets the wrong way and they mm. like mm. voing, voing. They
1: yeah. Repel each other. Yeah. I don't
3: know. Dark spirits yeah. can't be, don't want to be around guardian angels. And that's right. So they get out of there. But I don't know about right. how long the process takes.
1: <laughs> I imagine that has to do with our, like how engaged, like they're there because we want them. You know, there's something in our heart. That's like inv- we play a I'm role in it them too. Them or yeah. yeah, right. Whereas when, when we get a little clearer and we're more with the angels, yeah. then you get that instant thing. I think pop, mm-hmm. you know? right. I can think of three s- symptoms
0: that Swedenborg describes for evil spirits when when angels approach. One is abject terror, or when the divine truth approaches and yeah. they're <gasps> terrified and they get out of there. Uh, another is. Um, talked a lot about people just sort of blacking out. Yeah, that you, right. you, you, when, when a contrary sphere to your life enters, you just kind of fall down because you, you no longer right. have communication with your your life force. And then the third one is um, sort of this excruciating pain. But he more describes that when it's um, evil spirits are trying to climb into, climb heaven, into heaven. And that if, that if they have in their heart this love of uh, harming people, and then they come into this sphere of, of love for helping. It's like just these two opposite forces that cause almost this nuclear reaction inside them. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, and he, he, I remember this one description of um, a baby scaring away all these evil spirits and that, that it was yeah. a little child that did it. So, But it sounds like that was just like a fleeing. But then right. also, at one point, Sweetmore was given this sense of, like he could tell it wasn't from him, but just having this great power to sort evil spirits, that he was kind of seeing them down there and could just move them here and there and get them out of the way. And he said, mm. like they were nothing. And he was saying this was, showing the power of divine truth and and how Mm -hmm. how much that what to us seems like this towering menace both the idea of nefarious bands of of outside attackers but also the problems in our own life and the the maze we're kind of in just as a flick of the wrist to to divine love and divine truth
1: Mm. yes and i'm thinking of the fact that um with uh, animals in nature there are sort of three things that you do number one is freeze uh, number two is run. Number three is fight. Like if you can get away with just freezing, you don't have to run. You don't have to spend yeah. that energy to run. If you can get away with running, then you don't have to fight. If you have to fight, you have to fight. And I think evil spirits would go through something like that. Where first of all, just like, let's be still and maybe choke us <laughs> away or something. You know. But if it's more intense, then they've got to, then they've got a bolt. And and if that's no good, then they've got to turn and attack. And that's when they. The end for the evil spirits is, what is when they attack, when they make that choice.
2: Mm. I like, um, this is just making me think of this cool passage I was reading that um, that sort of relates to this, but how it was more like evil spirits getting into a society, like a heavenly society or something more angelic. Um, but uh, that the angelic society just drew into this into the human form oh, and right. it just expelled the... Mm. There's this like expulsion that happens mm. or something. And, um, and I feel like that's mm. something I've like, I had this really cool dream once where it was something similar to that, where it was like this drawing in to the center. And then this like evil that was on the surface was just like blasted away, you know, mm. like, so there's something like, there's something that when that drawing in happens, it just can't even stick around. Mm
0: awesome so there's a couple of, a of visuals image. for you immortal blue hopefully that cleared things up we're gonna do one more we got time for one more before the hour is done and the last lucky person or unlucky is <laughs> david Gullibert, who asks did swedenborg ever write about god having a sense of humor <laughs> yeah ah. right oh well otherwise where does it come from is god yeah. god gonna say well i wish I could find things funny like you humans, but I don't have that <laughs> Just program. so boring. Yeah.
1: Like what is this fun you all have, right? It can't be. Yeah. But But does Swedenborg ever talk about it? Well, the I thing think that think pops in, I couldn't think of anything at first, but the thing that pops to mind is that he says that the patriarchs of Abram, who becomes Abraham, yeah. Isaac and Jacob mean different parts of the Lord. And Isaac means laughter. He's, you know, he's the rational mind. uh, And that's a kind of laughter and seeing the ratio or relationship between things. It, It astonishes me with little children how young... They are when they start laughing, you know. Oh, yeah. Like you might think that's sort of a grown up thing, but it's oh, like yeah. way young. They sort of, yeah. oh, that's hilarious how you <laughs> hit me in the face <laughs> with that six you know, or eight weeks old or something. <laughs> that, that foam yeah. rubber cube, you know, that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, do he it again. <laughs> tore that piece of paper. We've yeah, <laughs> all right. seen the videos. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Right. Just yeah. hilarious. And, um, and so there's got to be. Something of the Lord and something so human, you know. Swedenborg emphasized so much that God is human, and what's more human than than laughter? I I, I mm-hmm. think that's a very human kind of trait.
3: Yeah, God is human, and we're created in the image and likeness of God. So, yeah, yeah. Like, you, like you said, we wouldn't have it if God didn't have it.
1: And <laughs> I th- I think yeah. my own existence is a, a phenomenal testimony. I think that <laughs> you could rest oh, your case too soon. You know. Yeah.
0: So
2: <laughs> I
3: don't think he I don't think Swedenborg addresses it specifically.
2: I was gonna say if you're wanting to know like yeah. what Swedenborg says, yeah. I I feel like the only time he talks about humor is he sort of talks about it in a like in thinking about like, well there's in the same way he does sort of about everything. There's different kinds of humor. Like right. there's humor that's just like where you really want to just take down the other person, yeah. you know, and that's not great. But then there's there can be a more angelic
1: humor yeah right that there's mocking sort of you know right sarcastic or biting kind of yeah. humor and that's the, the angels don't go in for that but he talks about the angels uh, smiling and then there, the angels say yeah. very funny I mean there's a lot of funny things in his works yeah. a lot of funny things in the bible yeah actually there's you a know. ton
2: yeah and joy I mean you just think about how yeah. much the bible talks about joy and how God is the source of joy. Like I don't know anybody who knows how to experience joy without it being something that makes you almost like la- you laugh with joy. You know, mm-hmm. like right. you mm-hmm. things are just mm-hmm. so fun. You know that it's just like this is just the mm. best, and you just need to laugh out loud. You know, so that like that is very clear. You mm-hmm. know, so why would we yeah. think that that how you know how can you have joy without that? I think fun think he- laughter. I
1: think it's Hebrews twelve verse two that says that uh, the. It was for joy that Jesus went through the crucifixion. You know, mm-hmm. for the joy that was set bef- before him, he uh, endured the cross and despised the shame and all that. You know, mm-hmm. that like the whole purpose of it was joy, yeah. and you don't always think about that in terms of I'm about this. Jesus' time here. Some it's often sort of a serious look on the yeah. face or something. But
2: so is the Bible; it seems so serious. But yeah, there's. Yeah. I think it's a psalm that's restored to me the joy of your salvation.
0: That's right. You know I remember Swedenborg talking about the essence of architecture being in heaven, that there you see architecture in its very art. So I'd love to see yes. a Netflix special by God, like stand up
1: yeah what
0: yeah. what's the essence of humor like what what where would you go first do you have any puns in there
1: I think we're living in it yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I think that's it okay so guess what we're gonna do another one because we had some technical difficulties earlier and we want to give you your, your oh, money just like here. the minutes at the end of the soccer that's, game where you like the ref yes. says plus four or this something. is that and this is the question from Mr. Biggers the Binkers. cat if a family member goes to hell and you go to heaven can you visit and have a rational conversation with that family member. Mm. Mm. yeah, Mm. Maybe you have a particular family member Mm. in mind.
1: (laughs) Just kidding. Um, um, Go ahead. Well, Swedenborg certainly says that evil spirits like you never lose freedom and rationality, they're sort of the presence of God Mm -hmm. with you. And so he has lots of rational conversations with evil spirits. Yeah, Uh, even terrible. Now, when they sort of return to themselves, then they get the awfulness back and everything. But they can totally see everything you know what I mean? They they very very lucid conversation. So I think it's I think it's possible under the right you know, it sounds like it has to be a little engineered. Arranged, yeah. Like the lower self has to be quiet and you know, you have to get the the setting right, the cushions, the couch and stuff like that. Uh, But
2: I'm always impressed with what how Swedenborg the the kinds of conversations he relays of having with evil spirits is they're very upfront and honest about the kind of thing that you'd totally try to hold back in this world, you know? So they're very like, (laughs) yes, I love to commit adultery. Mm. (laughs) You know, it is the joy of my life, (laughs) you know, or just so it's not necessarily rational, but it's honest, you know, and that might be something you could have that you couldn't have maybe with that, you know, with a family member in this world. Um, Mm. I don't know, so maybe it's just an honesty mm. kind of a connection, even if it's you know what's what's rational about you know insanity, like hell, the hell you know, mm. so it's like if you're but they rationalize it, so anyway, you might get understanding even if it's not and not like a progressive conversation that's in
1: Swedenborg somewhere. must have had this experience because he says he uh, encountered practically everybody he'd ever known in his life, and some of them you know. So he must have had, he doesn't say, he says frustrating little, little about what it's like to have a, a, a friend or something right. like that who ends up in this, but he must have been in that yeah. situation, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. he talked to lots of people and not all of them made the cut. A lot of
0: his acquaintances <laughs> turned out to be really bad people. Right. I, say, yeah. I knew Lars so-and-so and he was by something. It turns out he had killed two people and done this other secret poisoning and just really heavy stuff. But then he does go on to have these interactions. And it does yeah. seem that you could certainly, if if I knew somebody who's going to go to hell or cho- you know choose that, of course, I'm still going to want to be able to see him and talk to him. And it certainly seems like you can. And that it's not like that person, if you talk to them, would say, Oh, I'm so glad we can visit right now because hell is so bad and I just finally get a break. Because when Swedenborg even goes to talk to these evil spirits, he doesn't even know. I'm thinking of, I think it's the end of Divine Providence where he says, forgive me for filling the rest of the page with this conversation. We've referenced this before on this program where there's two evil spirits talking to him and they essentially say to him... Heaven is really lame. It's it's a bunch of goody goodies and it's boring. And really, in hell, we're allowed to do cool stuff, but yeah, we get in trouble if we break the rules. They're they're it's way more like him. the good place. <laughs> yeah, they're they're there's They're even though they're going through hell and every and all the limiting that it represents and and the the complications it brings in your life, they get up there and they're essentially saying to him like. You should try hell, and the, and your readers <laughs> might like hell. So <laughs> Can't that you write a book about. Him? I just yeah. feel like that's important to note because you could this could in um, the traditional Christian view of what we're talking about here is like there's somebody that you you know and love who is just eternally For suffering gone forever and, and, and suffering horrifically, yeah. and like wouldn't you like you're visiting them to, to try to alleviate their suffering? That's not necessarily the hell mm-hmm. that Morgan describes. So there's there's that alongside. Yeah, you could have very rational conversations, but it just doesn't seem like it sticks.
2: Right. right. doesn't last long. It's not necessarily right. like you're, yeah, I don't know Yeah, about like yeah, making progress in a relationship. Yeah, you couldn't be something. able to change each
3: other's minds or anything. Yeah. It still be
1: heartbreaking. But the people that you're with in your community feel like your family and your right. friend. You know what I mean? So there's there's a family that kind of takes over, even though that's going to be painful to see. Oh, yeah, that yeah. person was kind of my...
3: It must be some kind of special dispensation or something. Somewhere, Swedenborg talks about how you, in the other world, you go to the place where you can breathe, yeah. Yeah. and so I'm sure the air in heaven is different than the air of hell. So somehow there would have to be like a special, yeah, atmospheric we, chamber or something. Yeah, right. In the world spirits of it's lower together, earth or yeah.
2: something. Yeah. Like
1: something gets put to sleep, and that, yeah, okay. that's right. And and for, for the good, sometimes there's some protection. Yeah, you know, that Swedenborg right, experienced right. where there was that sort of bronze wall or something that, you know, there, there's some there, there's some sort of workaround, yeah. but it yeah. sounds possible. And Swedenborg also talks about uh,
0: people and how getting, hopefully getting processed to a point where they can provide some kind of menial use. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be that. You know, even though your your nightlife is kind of seedy, during the day you've got your day job. It could be that you could be working <laughs> alongside somebody who they're doing they're they're doing that thing, and, and you can kind of get along with them. You know that they're not going to want to come hang out with you afterwards, but yeah, there could be that kind of there's all, there's all kinds be, of yeah. potential uh, connections because I think that's that's the whole point mm-hmm. is how much can we possibly get um people loving each other that's
1: right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. good
0: point
3: point. and
1: the good lord point. loves everybody is present with everybody as much as possible that's the theory anyway yeah
0: <laughs> good thank you everybody uh so everyone who's at home No, it's true yeah i know i mean i know it as well as i know anything else um i hope <laughs> that was on display throughout this whole show that we know some things sort of and we want to thank all of you for Participating, putting up with the technical difficulties. They kind of make, I kind of like them. I kind of feel like they add That's some sort of excitement and spice yeah. to it. And actually, yeah. I really feel cool talking into this like podcaster side mic thing that I have <laughs> going on. Nice. So sort of floppy uh, mic cover. And windscreen. God bless
1: the crew who hustled oh, to get man. this yeah. totally switched around in yes. about three minutes. That was yeah. cool.
0: And everybody out there, uh if you didn't before, do you want to like and subscribe now? No? Okay. Well, maybe next time. Maybe we'll get you next time. If you want to support this kind of stuff, make it possible for us to continue to work out our difficulties. Think about Patreon. This is a monthly donation. You make a little one. You sign up and then we give you behind the scenes content. And that sort of thing is just a way that as a nonprofit, this is how we do it. So if you're willing to, to be part of the engine that drives this, we'd love to have you there. And uh, I want to say thanks to the whole panel, Cara, Jonathan Rose, Chelsea for uh, for coming in and talking it's been really fun thanks yeah, should we yeah. say
2: anything about next week or? definitely I, I thought I, I was okay. trying to think like okay. what's the
0: most polite order and like, <laughs> maybe we maybe we thank these guys maybe i'm
2: trying to do your job no no no
0: because <laughs> because if i had forgotten about it you never would know i could have been like on my way out the door so i will do you want to talk about that the next show
2: the it's, next show. It's a
0: network show. Network.
2: Yeah, we are doing a show about network. No, you should talk about it. Net- well, <laughs>
0: we, we talk in this panel questions thing a little bit about heaven and hell are coming into us all the time, and this is a central tenet of the universe Swedenborg describes. As you got these hellish influences and these heavenly influences. We also touched in this show on the free will issue and that there's a balance and equilibrium. How does all that work? why are we put next to heaven right. and hell and is yeah what what's if you're going to put us close enough to hell that it can cause problems you better have a good reason for doing it why don't you just ha- connect us only to heaven and if you did what are the pieces and organization and arrangement behind that that's what this next show is about yes. the network by which not just we get a connection to good and evil things but the, the network by which we can even
2: live yeah
0: so that's if if you want to see that tune in next week
2: and then the thing about facebook
0: if you guys want to if you want to have the experience you had tonight of being able to be in the chat room and type in things and react to us as we go but you but you know YouTube it's not gonna be live next week you can go to our Facebook page just search Swedenborg and life we're off the left eye on Facebook you'll find us and we do a premiere there nice. so you can be watching and commenting because we upload it both to Facebook and to YouTube so if you want the li- if the live chat experience obviously we won't be interacting with you but live chat on Facebook premiere Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for everything. (laughs) Everybody, we'll see you next week.
2: Bye.